Tyrese Halliburton and Daniel Tice off to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Talk about how they're playing and how it matters for the Pacers, plus the latest Pacers news, including the latest on Jairus Walker. James Johnson talked about Tyrese Halliburton. Miles Turner talked about his offseason and a fun Mark Cuban Tyrese Halliburton tidbit. It's all coming today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, it's the weekly show of the offseason. It's the FIBA updates. It's all the latest Pacers news, what it means for this team this season, everything you need to know about the Pacers in the month of August slash now September. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. And sorry for the three and a half day break here Locked On Pacers. It's the last time that'll happen this year. We're back to daily. So four episodes the rest of this week and then back to five a week starting next week as we ramp up to the NBA season. Hope you guys didn't miss the show too much today, though. Lots to get to. Tyrese Halbert and Daniel Tice in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. In fact, there's a chance if you're listening to this, Halburn's already played as his first game against Italy is on Tuesday. We'll talk about how they've been doing. Team USA lost a game. It was wild how it happened. Halburn's probably his least effective game. We'll talk about it. Uh, Tice is playing great. Germany's rolling. They could meet in the semifinals. Plus, the latest Pacers news, Jairus Walker discussed his surgery. Miles Turner went on a podcast. Uh, Mark Cuban talked about drafting Tyrese Halburn. There's so much to get to today. And we've taken too long. we got to get right to it. Let's jump to the World Cup and specifically to Team USA and Tyrese Halliburton, who are in the quarterfinals despite having lost. The first two rounds of the tournament were group play, and the Pacers, or the Pacers, <laughs> Team USA's first um, four group stage games were so good that their fifth game did not matter. They already had clinched a semifinal berth, but their fifth game was against Lithuania. That was on this past Saturday, and they lost. They actually, oh, that was Sunday, excuse me. They lost. They lost 110-104. Halberton finishes with three points and seven assists in that game. A lot to, to dig into here because USA, two days earlier, beat Montenegro. Vucevic, uh, their best player from the Bulls, uh, pretty handily beat him by 13. Slower start, but just crushed him in the second half, right? Like, that's kind of been USA's thing this whole tournament is they start slow, but their talent's so much better. The bench picks them up there, up, and up enough at halftime that a small adjustment's all they need, and they get the win. This time against Lithuania, their start was so bad that even that exact blueprint was not enough to overcome it, right? They the Lithuania started 9 for 9 from 3 in this game, right? If they started 7 for 9 from 3 in this game, which is insane, this game goes to overtime if everything else happened exactly the same, which is stupid and not real. But that is just the reality of this game is that that's why the USA lost. Lithuania couldn't miss early. It was 31-12 at the end of the first quarter, 19-point lead for the Lithuanians. And so the difference was, usually what happens for Team USA, and this has happened even against lesser opponents of Lithuania, the starters don't do very well, and Halbert and the bench come in and kind of stabilize the game, and then everybody plays well, and, and Team USA can pull it out. Well, this time, Halbert's groups were not doing well. They were not able to come in and... and take the lead because Lithuania was hitting absolutely everything. Team USA's defense wasn't good. Their offensive strategy and approach wasn't that good. Anthony Edwards was pretty good. He scored 35 points. I don't want to knock him, but it's really hard to get into a rhythm when one guy takes 26 of your 73 shots. And that's not like a big knock on Anthony Edwards, but he did take over a third of the team's field goal attempts. Like It was hard for other guys to get into rhythm. So in general, that's kind of the story of how this game went to me is 
Lithuania, and this is not, I'm not just saying they ran hot. They finished 14 for 25 from deep. They were wide open. Team USA's defense, not resistive at all. That was half the story of the game, too. The other half was the rebounds. 43 rebounds for Lithuania, 27 for Team USA, 18 offensive rebounds for Lithuania, 18 defensive rebounds for Team USA. Jaron Jackson Jr., Walker Kessler had to play because of foul trouble to Jaron Jackson Jr., and Bobby Portis not cutting it. On the glass, Portis actually did okay in his minutes to me, but Kessler was not rebounding very well. Triple J had one rebound in 15 minutes. So those two things, and and the rebounding is typically something Lithuania is good at. Uh, The three-point shooting is not. (laughs) But that is what happened in this game. And so for Halburn specifically to tie this into the Pacers, really interesting game. He could not get in transition, right? They couldn't get the stops. Every three was going in for Lithuania. And it's hard for Halburn and his units to do their thing when... They can't get in the transition and get into the open floor and and find their baskets. And credit to Lithuania, they were playing physical too to slow it down. But when Halberton came in, I think it was twenty three to ten. It might have been twenty to ten. I can't remember. It was, it was they were still down thirteen. And his first stint wasn't very good. They were down nineteen at the end of that first quarter, right? And so that the, the transition chances just weren't there. It was so funny. There was one possession. Mindaugas Kuzminskis. I don't know if many of you remember him. He played for the Knicks for a second in the NBA. In fact, the Knicks waved him midseason, and I wrote a story a blog post to be more specific, thinking the Pacers should claim him because I actually thought he was good in the NBA. He's not an NBA-level player, but at the time I thought he was good. He hit a three. I believe it was the eighth one for Lithuania in this game. And Tyrese Halberton was the closest contest. And it was a good contest. He was one step off at the elbow before the pass game. The pass game, he steps over and he jumps up with his arm and Kuzmingas buries the three. And Halberton just looks at the bugger through the net and just kind of flails his arms up, kind of just like like a human full body groan, just like, like, what are we supposed to do? And so he's frustrated because they can't get a stop and because he can't play his game. So that was his probably like the team's worst stint with him in there, maybe of the whole summer, like including the exhibitions. Um, He had one board, one assist, one turnover, and one steal in his first run. Didn't score. It was crazy to see him be that ineffective. Uh, They were down 17 at halftime. Uh, and so the outside shot and speed advantage that Team USA usually has was just gone in that first half. Now, here's the thing. They won the second quarter. They dominated the third quarter. And then the fourth, they scored 39, but they gave up 39. So really, their blueprint of start slow, figure it out, play better was there. They just started so bad <laughs> that it didn't actually matter at that point. And Again, the units with Halliburton were not as effective as they have been in the past. They were down four in the third quarter when he checked in. That's when USA was surging, and then Lithuania kind of stabilized against the Team USA second unit. That's been the opposite thing that's happened for Team USA in much of this tournament. It was 60-52 to 52 at one point, um, and I put in my notes, this is the worst game for Halley lineups for Team USA so far. Right? It was just not a good night for him. He finished again with three points on one for two shooting, two rebounds, seven assists. Like He found ways to be effective with the passing but it, you could tell like he wasn't getting the ball as much or, or enough to be effective. So his third quarter stint was better, but they were still down six going into the fourth and down seven when he exited. So they lost his point minutes by three in the first half or by three in the second half and two in the first half. So minus five for Halburn, who's usually been a part of the units that save the game and are a big plus. Now, really, this game was weird to me, right? He couldn't play his style, and there were very few chances for him to kind of assess the game and create spaces. One possession, I remember it vividly, he caught it. He looked up. He saw where his teammates were. He started dribbling backwards. There were a few cuts. He figured out where the opening was going to be. He drove to the right. He got swarmed by Lithuania defenders. He dumped it off in the post to Bobby Portis, who scored. Right. 
boom, that's exactly what he's good at, right? That kind of play where he can assess, he can set something up, he can make a pass, he can make something happen. Those chances weren't there for him in ways that they have been in other games. It felt like Team USA went down so much in this game that they all felt like they had to kind of be the hero and like chip at it instead of just playing the way that they have that's been working so well. And for a guy like Halliburton, who really relies on team style to succeed, that did not work for him at all. He came in late with USA needing a valiant comeback. It was not quite enough. So I would say his least effective game, but some of that was the context of the game, the context of his teammates. What does this mean for the Pacers to me? Well, uh, this will not totally apply to the Pacers, but if he can't get the ball at all, or if he can't really get the ball in situations where he's creating advantages, Tyrese Halburn's not as good. <laughs> Duh. And he still hit half his threes. One for two, but still, he still had half his threes. He's still a great shooter. He's still a threat on the floor that defenses pay attention to. But he's got to have the ball more than that, right? And the Pacers do that. That's not a real lesson for the Pacers. They will never play like Team USA is playing. Tyrese Halburn will always have the ball for them, or at least as often as possible. But this game really cemented that. It's hard for him to be in those off-ball settings, right? Those TJ McConnell, Halbert lineups were fine, but not great. The Andrew Nemhard, Tyrese Halbert lineups can work, but Halbert's got to be the guy handling the ball. And that's a big note here for the Pacers and something that, yeah, they knew. But this game, th this is stars. This isn't like random NBA players. This is star players playing with Tyrese Halbert. And if he can't be effective with as effective, to be clear, he was not a he was not useless or bad in this game, but he was less effective given the context of everything. He, they, they've got to play their style when he's in there. He's got to be able to push in the open floor and do his hit-aheads and create and assess. And he didn't have time to do that. And some of that's, a lot of that, truly, is credit to Lithuania's defense. But he didn't have chances to do that, too, because the transition wasn't there with all the threes going in. And everybody kind of changed up their style, just given how the game kind of went. Next up for Team USA, quarterfinals is Italy. That game, is depending on what time you're listening, Tuesday, might already be over. Uh, Italy has... Um, Simone Fontecchio from the Utah Jazz, as well as Nicola Melli, who used to be in the NBA, if you will remember him. And I think they have one other NBA player who I can't remember uh, as I'm speaking. I'll try to check on it while I'm talking. Oh, yeah, Luigi Datome, excuse me. So that's a tough game still for Team USA. I think they're better. They're still the favorites in the tournament to me, but a loss is a loss, and the team that beat them is still alive, even though they started 9 for 9 from deep. We'll see. I think Halliburton will be better in the next game. I think they'll get back to their style in the film room. But these slow starts, even with the starting lineup change, Brandon Ingram, since I last talked to you about Team USA, has been benched, have not been helping. We'll see. You know what could be cool from a Pacers perspective is the semifinals could be Team USA versus Daniel Tyson, Germany. We are one game away from that reality being possible because of what Germany did over the weekend. Man, did they look good. Let's talk about Daniel Tyson, Germany, Jairus Walker talking about his surgery for the first time since it happened, and the latest Pacers news as we continue here on Lockdown Pacers. Before we get to that, though, want to really quickly dive in and talk about Bird Dogs with you guys. Bird Dogs is fantastic. Fantastic. They make my favorite shorts that I own now. I have three pairs. I wear them all the time. I'm moving right now, actually. You can't tell because I'm still in my old place, but um, I wore them all weekend to move stuff from old apartment to new house, and I didn't sweat at all through them. Bird Dogs make shorts that are stretch khaki designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give you a really sculpted look. They do the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit better. But the thing that makes them so great is they aren't made from this stiff, restricting cotton like regular shorts. They have this cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches so you get that slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. And they have this anti-stink sweat fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I really love them. I cannot recommend them enough. They also have pants. You can wear them 
golfing, I've done that. You can wear them walking around on vacation, I've done that. A day, an evening out, by the pool, whatever you want, go for it. I highly recommend checking them out. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on. You've got to try them or enter the promo code locked on at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We can promise you that. Again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pacers your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Not a ton of NBA news recently. This is the time when some players get away for the final time before their lead up into training camp. So I'll say Locked On Bucks because Giannis had that New York Times interview piece that I already told you to listen to Locked On Bucks for. But also they signed Giannis' brother and then immediately cut him. But still, check in on the Bucks with Kane Pittman and Frank Madden. Let's keep going on the Pacers here and the World Cup. The other players still alive for the Pacers, Mr. Daniel Tice. Man, if you watch Germany, you can see the blueprint of why I keep saying, I keep wondering, maybe, maybe, if the Pacers are really trying to win next year, if Daniel Tice will be the backup center. Because he just continues to look really solid for the German squad, right? He catches at the elbow, takes a jumper, drills him all the time. He's running pick and rolls with Dennis Schroeder and finishing lobs every game. He had two in their win over Slovenia over the weekend. Him and Schroeder were like beefing on the bench in the first quarter and like talking about shots and stuff. Their coach told them to sit down and they were like, no, they're yelling. And then they played great together the rest of the game. They were fantastic. This Germany team's really good. They got third in Eurobasket last year and people kept putting them in like the seventh or eighth power ranking slot before this tournament. I thought they should be ranked higher than that because of watching them last summer in Eurobasket. They haven't lost yet. They are dominating everybody. They just destroyed Luka Doncic in Slovenia. And that doesn't even tell the story of that game very well. They won 100 to 71. If you saw that score, you'd think they absolutely dominated they were losing by 14 at the end of the first quarter <laughs> so from the th- last three quarters on they were plus 43 27 to 9 in the second quarter 30 to 18 in the third 32 19 in the fourth like they're just so solid they're so tough on defense they're really connected they have a really similar squad to last summer Schroeder is awesome in the international play Tice is awesome in international play Mo Wagner's been playing well and Isak Bonga, if you remember him from the NBA, he's also been playing well. This Germany team is really, really threatening, and they looked really good against Luka in this game. Luka himself had 23, but Tice, from the story from the Pacers' perspective, 7 for 12, 14 points. That's the second most on his team behind Schroeder. Seven boards uh, and two assists, plus 23 Right, He is just killing it every game in this tournament because his varied style of being able to stretch out a bit and he's been hitting the jumpers or do these finishes around the rim and look a little more spry, it's really impressive. Right, He takes shots comfortably, even if they're not one he would take in the NBA. Like He kind of takes too many 15-footers. In their first eight shots for Germany in this game against Slovenia, Tice took half of them, and some of them were jumpers. And that, you know, that is not something he'll do with the Pacers, is take a lot of mid-range jumpers and be that high of a volume player. But the fact that he is comfortable doing that, like he just can do a lot more than he got to do with the Pacers last year, and health was a big part of that, certainly. But he's definitely healthy now. If you watch him with Germany, you'll go, wait, who is this guy, right? If you hadn't watched him before his Pacers tenure, at least he continues to look very good. Um, and they're, they're just dominating in these minutes, and they have him and Schroeder out there together. And I think Germany is going to be really threatening throughout the rest of this tournament, especially if Tice can continue to be this mobile and this much of a jump shooting threat. He's hard to guard. He can pick and pop. He can pick and roll. And he can kill you from anywhere. And Schroeder's just been that much better to really amplify that duo. Tice doing all this in pretty short stints, too. He like plays like half the game, and he still does this much for that Germany team. Germany won their group. They're 5-0. They're playing Latvia in the first quarter in the first knockout stage game that's the quarterfinals if they win 
and Team USA wins, Tyson versus Halliburton in the semifinals for a shot in the gold medal game. If they both lose, they'd play each other in the classification round. So you're guaranteed to play three games this week no matter what because they'll actually sort every team one through eight by the time this is all said and done. Remember last World Cup Team USA and Miles Turner got exactly seventh. They had a horrible knockout round before going undefeated. They went undefeated before that and then had a horrible knockout stage. This time, they already have lost. We'll see what Halliburton and co. can do. But in terms of Tice, they're undefeated. And Latvia is probably the worst team still left. They've had some upset wins, but they're still alive. Um, they're probably the worst team left. So I'd, I would favor Germany and Team USA to meet each other. But it's possible they don't. Uh, if they win, so Team USA plays Tuesday. Germany plays their first round game at 445 Eastern in the morning uh, on Wednesday. And then if they both win, they'll play Friday. If either of them lose, they'll play Thursday. Um, so the losers will play Thursday, Saturday in the classification bracket and the winners will play Friday, Sunday in the semifinals. And then the third place game as well as the championship game. We'll see where that ends up, but Tice looking good. And before this Lithuania game, Halliburton kept looking good this time though. He was looked the le the worst he's looked for team USA so far in the summer. To me, I think they'll bounce back, but the, we'll see. I mean, responding to losses is an important part of being a good team. And we'll see what this team USA group is made of. They did though. Qualify for the Olympics. Dominican Republic lost, which means uh, Team USA and Canada got the top two spots of the Americas teams out there. And so they're headed to the Olympics next year anyway. Tyrus Halberton wants to be on that Olympic team. We'll see if he gets a spot or not. Let's pivot from international hoops to news. The next international hoops update will be next Monday when the tournament is over. What did we learn? How did everybody do? What does it mean for the Pacers? I really enjoy watching these games, by the way. I always like international basketball, but every summer it grows on me more and more like Guys you don't have never heard of are like integral to these teams' success. The rules are different. People who like old school basketball, you'll like these games more. They're just more physical. They're a blast. I highly recommend if you can sit down and watch some of these games, especially non-Team USA ones, if you can. All right, our news of the week from last week. I think every single one of them <laughs> comes from a podcast. Yes, I, I have like sets of news that I want to do for these news update shows. And the ones I chose for today all happen to be from podcasts. All the rest we'll save for next week's show, or maybe even one later this week, because there's a lot. Um, we will start with the most important news, I would say, and that's Jairus Walker. If you'll recall, he had elbow surgery on his shooting elbow earlier in the offseason after Summer League, and that's something that was bothering him as far back as the uh, draft process, right? He skipped a workout with his agency because of the elbow. He got hurt uh, in the last game of NCAA play. And then he played summer league on it and he shot poorly, right? Shot terribly, even though he did very well in every other skill. So he was on Jairus Walker to the Fieldhouse Files podcast with Scott Agnes. Awesome by Scott to land that one and 10 minutes with just Jairus Walker. Uh, Jairus said, quote, of the injury. It was the last home game of the season, or not home game. It was the last game of the season versus Miami. I guess I tweaked it. I got a hit. He said he worked around it, but could kind of feel it, including up to Summer League. And then he said, it gave me problems at Summer League because I haven't really played in real basketball games until then. And he pushed through it, but there was some pain. Um, now he's doing some shooting and some dribbling and he's playing some one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but he did say it did affect him and gave him some problems. Like I just said, he said, I'm not making any type of excuses because everybody plays with injuries, but um, perhaps that footnote is important to remember one, when the season starts that, Hey, this guy had surgery in the summer, but two, if you cite his summer league stats, remember it's four game sample size of him on an elbow that required surgery. Um, but I digress. That is the Jairus Walker update. And the most important update, I think to the Pacers coming up, Mark Cuban 
talked to Tyrese Halberton and the Mavs wanting to draft him on a podcast. It was fantastic. Um, James Johnson talked about Tyrese Halberton. Miles Turner went on saying the patient had some interesting stuff to say about his goals this season. There's so much coming. We'll get to it all to close out today's show. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Pacers your first listen today and every single day. For more on Germany, check out Lockdown Raptors. That's Dennis Schroeder's team. I keep forgetting Dennis Schroeder's on the Raptors now. Sean Woodley is the best. Lockdown Raptors is a delight. And you'll have fun learning more about Toronto's team and maybe Dennis Schroeder's run with the German squad. Let's close out today's show with the latest Pacers news, all coming from different podcasts. Thank you, podcasters, for landing these fun interviews. And I think there's another one coming. Uh, Kiefer Sykes was on Lockdown Pacers last week, if you want to listen to that. I think there'll be another somewhat major Pacers podcast appearance coming. We'll see if I am correct. Let's start with Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. That is not a Pacers-related thing. Why am I starting with him? Well, he was on Patrick Beverly's podcast, the Pat Bev Pod, which is very good. Patrick Beverly's good at media, too. And he confirmed something that we've heard Tyrese Halberton say and we've heard Rick Carlisle say. And that's that the Mavs wanted Tyrese Halberton in the 2020 NBA draft. Um, when Tyrese got traded to the Pacers, that's something he actually talked about in his media session at that very first availability he had after the trade. Rick Carlisle said a couple times that when he was with Dallas, they really wanted him in that draft. They liked him a lot. And then I forgot about this part. I really had to dig in. Like I, re- I remember reading about Jalen Brunson stuff with trades uh, a while ago, but Tim McMahon who's plugged in with the Mavs, reported on ESPN that uh, in that draft, the Mavs wanted a Tyrese Halberton so bad they offered Jalen Brunson pick 18 and pick 31 to teams in the lottery to try to get Tyrese Halberton. Obviously, in retrospect, some teams should have been at that, definitely. Um, but, then, I mean, they wanted him that bad. They didn't get him. Now, obviously, Rick, the first trade the Pacers make with him there, well, really the first one by a day was the Carousel Vert trade. But one of the first trades they make with him in the building is the Tyrese Halberton trade. That clearly dates back to the Mavs time. Mark Cuban has now confirmed. I mean, everybody has said it. And not that anybody would be lying, but, the, you know, someone on one team saying something versus somebody on another team. It certainly is interesting to me, especially when I went back and looked at the offer that McMahon included. I thought that was really interesting. What could have been? Halliburton plus Luca together. Uh, but obviously the Pacers will take how things worked out. And those picks ended up being Josh Green and Tyrell Terry. So the offer of Josh Green, Jalen Brunson, Tyrell Terry. That's a good package that no one took. And it worked out for the Pacers that it ended up in this way. Really good stuff on the Pat Beth pod with Mark Cuban. Interesting guy. Uh, number two, James Johnson. Remember him, ex-Pacer, doing his, as he said on the show, his first ever podcast appearance i thought that was completely fascinating um he went on i can't remember the name of it the nba rookie life podcast which is hosted uh by ryan hollins 10-year nba veteran and now a color analyst for the houston rockets broadcast team they talk about players journeys and all sorts of stuff as their careers progress uh james johnson went on there and they were talking for a while and about an hour in they started talking about tyrese halberd and it was fantastic fantastic discussion. Holland said, um, the way he commands a game, I didn't understand it, JJ, but when I got to see it, I was a believer. Now I'm really a believer. But James Johnson's quotes were fantastic. James Johnson said of Tyrese Halberton, quote, he's probably the biggest student of the game that I've ever been around. Somebody who does nothing but watch film. Uh, Reminder, James Johnson is a 15-year veteran who played with at least two MVPs. Uh, and he also joked about Pacers practices. He said, uh, it's going to continue for a long time, man. This group of guys, this is a group of guys that I'm telling you off days, you would have thought we had practice because James Johnson said that the Pacers had so many guys come in on off days to get in work and, and improve their games. Um, 
And he also said, James Johnson of Halliburton, he said, his way of not running away from confrontation is what makes him such a great leader, uh, which I think is important. Halliburton's been good at conversing with his teammates about passing, about getting them shots, about playing the right way and how it helps the team. I think all these qualities are really important for leaders of a team to have, right? People naturally follow the leader of their team. If, if, if Tyrese is doing it, I better do it. If he's saying this thing and doing it, I better say and do these things. That's really important for setting a culture. That's something that's always impressed me about the Bucks. If you listen to the show every day, you've heard me say this before. Giannis always is busting his butt, always, on defense and offense. If you're not Giannis, but you're on the Bucks, you're going, well, if he's doing it, I got to do it. And they've been awesome on defense every year. right? If Hal Burton can have that everybody can win mentality and play that way and really be a leader... That seeps through, and James Johnson kind of illustrated that both with that quote and with some of the stories he had about the team's culture. Uh, really good conversation in general. They talked about a bunch of players that I thought uh, was really fascinating. They also talked about a quality of Halberton's that I, I've known about, but I don't. I didn't. I want to do a story on this now. They said he's really petty in a good way. Like it helps him play better. He remembers things people say and all this stuff. And I really want to dive into that because that's true. But they were talking about how some of a lot of other great players historically have had a lot of petty tendencies. Kobe, LeBron, et cetera, were some of the guys they brought up. It was really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. But that is definitely true. I mean, many of you remember Tyrese Halliburton changing his Twitter profile picture to Wally Zerbiak and saying that he remembers tweets from people with two followers. It's just who he is. And I think that is mostly a positive trait, not always. Um, but anyway, James Johnson, a really big leader for the Pacers last year. He knows the team very well. His thoughts on Halbert and the team in general were absolutely fascinating to me. You can check that out on the NBA Rookie Life podcast on iHeartRadio, hosted by Ryan Hollins. Last one today, Miles Turner, Pacers center, entering year nine. Crazy how fast his career has progressed. Went on setting the pace. Man, they are killing it with the guests this summer uh, with Alex Golden and Michael Focci. Uh, really good conversation. Turner's Turner's good at media too. Um, obviously, from my seat, I care about that stuff more than most of you, but it, anything he says is interesting to me after the year he had last year, right? Like he's no longer a storyline in the way he has been in the past and not for the basketball reasons. Instead, now the stuff he says is basketball stuff. That is interesting in the offseason. Um, some of the stuff that I found interesting, he talked again about his health status, right? He talked when we when I talked to him at his basketball camp, um, and you can see that video on the Locked On Pacers YouTube channel, something he talked about in his offseason was working on his health. And he said that again on setting the pace because every summer basically for the last three, four, five, I mean, I have to go back and really check. He's entered the offseason with an injury. And so the whole offseason wasn't just working on his game. Part of it was getting healthy first and then doing that. This summer, he said, nah, that's not the case, right? I was already healthy, so I can focus on like staying in shape and being prepared and all this stuff that I didn't even think about. And I know he said it twice now, but I think that's absolutely fascinating. And that lets him work on other stuff. And the biggest thing he said, this is the big, one of the biggest takeaways I had because he brought it up twice for two, two different questions. He said he's working on going left. That's not the biggest thing. But the big thing he said is he wants to be a 50, 40, 90 guy this season. Um, I would be surprised. <laughs> That's not a knock on Miles Turner. He proved me wrong last year. For years, he kept saying, I'm just scratching the surface of my potential. And I, you know, I think Miles Turner definitely was miscast at the four. But I was like, okay, you know, how much better can he really get seven years into his career? Way better was the answer. His scoring went up. His rebounding went up. His efficiency went up. He was way better last year. Just way better. Um, that said, he did crack the 50 last year. His best shooting season ever was last year. He was two and a half percentage points away from the 40, and he's only cracked 80, I think, once or twice from the charity stripes. So getting to 90 is a stretch, but he proved me wrong last year. If he works on the shot and gets to 50, 40, 90, man, would he be good. His finishing at the rim got so much better last year. That helped his percentages a ton. I think it'd be fascinating to see him do that, and he brought that up again when talking about his goals. 
The first time he was asking about what he wants to improve. The second time he was asked about his goals. Speaking of goals, he also said he wants to be an all-star or make the all-defense team or both. Uh, all-star game being in Indy certainly is motivating there. Uh, he has no all-defense appearances, playing the same position as Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, and Jaron Jackson. And Bam Adebayo has made that a little tough for him throughout his career. Uh, maybe this will be the year we will see. He also talked about various players. Benedict Matherin uh, among them. You can see that post on the Pacers social media. They had talked about Rick Carlisle. They talked about jerseys. Really good conversation. Miles is very illuminating and fun to listen to. Highly recommend you check out that conversation. The rest of this week here on Locked on Pacers. Some interesting, I guess I get to decide if it's interesting, right? Um, some interesting and fun conversations to me. We will be talking uh, about Pacers that could win awards. We'll be talking about jersey numbers and drafting the all-jersey number team or a player interview. We will see how scheduling works out in that way. Uh, we'll do the how the new players can help part two. We did the guards uh, two weeks ago. I'm finally almost done writing my story on Obi Toppin, and then I'll be ready to do the forwards episode there. So lots of fun stuff coming. Next week, we'll wrap up the World Cup, and then we'll get into storylines and previewing the upcoming season. So lots of fun, fun stuff coming. Excuse me here on Locked On Pacers. Thank you guys a ton for listening today. Hope you had a wonderful long weekend. Mine was super busy, but that's the point of long weekends. Get stuff done, catch up on stuff, and keep it moving. Hope everybody had a great day and enjoyed this show. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, take care.